بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپون یو آل ویلکم ٹو انادر ایڈیشن آف دی ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہی آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ٹو ڈے از ٹیوزڈے دی ایٹینتھ آف جولائی ٹوینٹی ٹوینٹی تھری اینڈ وی گین ٹاکنگ انٹرسٹنگ ٹاپکس واس کمنگ اپ از دیٹ وی آر ٹاکنگ why we need to talk about this the reason for it being that it's such a pressing issue yeah um it, it's something that we need to we need to be talking about discussing as well the more we talk about it the more people will be aware about it and raising awareness is key to 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 getting information right information out there into the public so that they can we can make a make a positive change to way to make a positive change um or the reason how or how we can make a positive change um one of the things is to raise awareness and this is what we're going to be, going to be doing and we're going to be speaking to a few guests as well so hopefully some specialists who are going to tell us a little bit more uh, about uh, about pa- uh, pl- pollution in general but also plastic pollution as well and how much this destroys the planet um not just not just wildlife not just sea creatures sea animals but also the the earth our home where we where we are living together um and also um towards the latter part of the show we're going to be talking about charity and uh, the importance of uh, of giving charity in islam the reason why we need to give charity or what are the different ways in which we can you know give charity as well it's not just it's such a broad um topic that you know we can go into different uh, different <coughs> offshoots we can go into different avenues we can talk about different things when it comes it comes to charity as well um in fact the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him has said that even if you don't have anything to give anyone right you, you know you, you literally don't have anything that you can offer to somebody even a smile a smiling face that can be an act of charity as well but we'll speak a little bit more about charity um to uh, you know towards the latter part, part of the show It's an interactive show if you want to get in touch with us the number you know it anyway but it's 0208687787844 for anyone who's just uh, who's just listening who's just tuning in and um what is the reason what is the reason why we are why you know why we are talking about uh, talking about this because plastic pollution is an issue um it's not just we're, we're not just facing it in you know in different parts of uh, you know of the city or different parts of a state of a country but the entire world has to deal has to deal with this right mm. and the uh, and according to according to uh, google search engine plastic pollution is the accumulation of plastic waste in the environment which negatively affects all living things and the habitat i mean i just said that in the, in the introduction as well that this is something which not just affects us as human beings right it affects the wildlife it affects the other animals it affects plants it affects vegetation it affects harvests it affects sea creatures and sea animals the fish you know the the animals that are living in the water mm. it's affecting them as well so it's in as a whole it's affecting the whole earth the yeah. whole world that we're literally living in and poor countries around the world suffer even more they suffer tremendously because of um plastic uh, because of plastic pollution and it puts these poor countries at a higher risk of diseases so it's not just amount of there's a lot of rubbish in the sea there's a lot of rubbish on the land there's a lot of 
um, you know, a lot of dumping grounds where people go and dump their rubbish and whatever. But that causes diseases. It causes illnesses. And when that spreads and when it's not being treated, and when that waste, you know, plastic, I mean, if obviously the plastic which is going to waste, that that's the plastic which is in pollution, right? And if there's a lot of that, there's a lot, if there's a lot of waste, then definitely there's going to be a lot of diseases, illnesses as well. And because that's not treated, because that's not taken care of, it's shoved and it's actually, the, the piles are actually made bigger and bigger and bigger. The problem is not resolved. Then you have an even bigger problem of how to maintain the hygiene, how to how to maintain the cleanliness of a particular um, country or a city or a town, wherever, uh, or locality, wherever, it, it, wherever that sort of dun- dumping ground is. And due to the impoverished state, they can't even afford um, the governmental maintenance that that is required, that is needed. And with all these issues being, you know, being being tackled, being labelled, what rules can states, can governments, actually put in place for, for for poor countries with these with these issues? And how can the citizens of these poor countries help reduce plastic pollution as well? Now. What exactly is plastic pollution? It's a it's a very good question. I mean, um, you know, usually uh, on a day to day basis, we don't really um, you know focus on mm. what we have around what 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 plas- what pollution is. We we just you know simply when it comes to pollution, we will probably think of you know uh, different sort of pollutions. For example, um, you know cars that is been yeah. using yeah. Uh, yeah. you know petrol or diesel. Or other burning sorts of pollution, only, yeah. burning, burning coal and all that. But um, about plastic, we don't really think, because uh, you know, uh, plastic. You know, if technically, if you if you see, is one of the most used. Exactly. Things we don't realize that plastic yeah. is literally everywhere. Is is literally everywhere, yeah. right? And the thing is that it takes many years many years to you know um, what's it called I, I would say to dissolve hmm. uh, with the earth when, when, yeah. or vanish you yeah. can see so it, it thousands, stays for thousands, thousands of years for yeah. thousands of years yeah. in the earth right so th- there is an article which is written uh, which is called plastic pollution written by Charles Moore and he states that plastic pollution is the accumulation in the environment of synthetic plastic products to the point that they create problems for wildlife and their habitats as well as for human population. Hmm. I mean, like you said before, right? Yeah. So it's it's pretty much affecting uh, everyone uh, from from wildlife to the habitats of, of in the wild and also humans as well. And he, li- he highlights that the daily contact with all kinds of plastic materials uh, that have been developed is a polymeric material. So uh, this is basically a material whose molecules are very large and often resembling long chains made of a seemingly endless series of interconnected links. Mm, right, yeah. So, um, so basically... The natural polymers such as rubber and silk exist in abundance, but uh, the nature's plastics have not been implicated in uh, the environmental pollution. Mm. So, uh, and because they do not persist in the environment, right. um, 
Today, however, the average consumer comes in the defeat, natural decay, uh, processes the materials derived mainly from uh, petroleum that can be molded, uh, cast, spun, or applied as a coating as well. So, um, I mean, uh, since synthetic plastics um, are largely non-biodegradable, they tend to persist in natural environments. Um, And and, and moreover, he also highlights that many lightweight single-use plastic products and packaging materials, which account for approximately 50% of all plastic producers, are not uh, deposited in the containers for subsequent removal to landfills, um, recycling centers, or uh, incinerators. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 all you know. It's it's it has all to do with how we uh, you know deal with plastic. Okay, we mm-hmm. use it in into our day to day basis, but we we need it for pretty much every single thing. Um, but you know, how do we deal with it when we don't use it anymore? Uh, how are we going to um, uh, recycle it? Yeah, because yeah. the recycling is the most important thing, uh, especially when it comes to cleanliness. And this is also uh, in Islam, the Holy Prophet has taught us that cleanliness is half our faith. Yeah. So if there is plastic all around us, and especially in the seas and the rivers, what will what will happen is that you know it spreads down and it goes to the animals and this is something that we will be discussing in 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 in, in a bit as well that also the animals that have those plastics you know those very small bits of plastics that they don't really see mm. but they have it in their you know in uh, the organs uh, in their organs yeah, yeah. so that really affects us as well yeah. you know unconsciously we are actually consuming plastic through water through through uh, fish through animals and through many more other things as well and this is why it's important for us to to actually tackle this tackle this issue as well isn't it yeah, yeah. i mean we we understand that there is a problem and uh, you know definitely there is a problem as well but yeah how do we sort of face that and how do we sort of make sure that we can re- reduce this as much as possible and i know that some supermarkets some restaurants and various other yeah. uh, places as well um you know in in hospitality sector they, they they are trying to do their bit as well but is that enough and is there something that needs to be done on a wider scale or on a mm. bigger scale uh, as well um let's get our guest who's on the line with us Jamie Clarkson who's a project affair project officer at FIDRA and has a, a MSc in environmental policy and management with a background in research and development as well good afternoon and welcome to the show Jamie good afternoon thank you for having me thank you so much for for joining us can you tell our listeners um, a little bit of uh, give our listeners a little bit of an overview of uh, FIDRA's work and its uh, specific focus on plastic pollution as well Absolutely. So uh, FIDRA, we're an environmental charity based up here in Scotland and we work with the public, with industry and government to deliver uh, pragmatic and evidence-based solutions to chemical and plastic pollution issues in the UK and internationally. So one of our key projects uh, with a focus on plastic pollution is called uh, the Great Nerdle Hunt. So nerdles are these tiny plastic pellets about the size of a lentil and they're melted down to make plastic products or plastic products you can think of almost. 
Mm. However, when they're being moved around the world and in factories, they often spill in the environment and they're very difficult to clean up once they are in the environment and they have significant impacts on wildlife, human health and communities. So what we do is we work with communities all around the world to help them raise awareness of the issue of plastic pellet pollution and in their regions they can help, we help them demand local change and global change. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, plastic pollution, as well as other, you know, source of and forms of pollution as well, it affects the wider society as well. But how does plastic pollution disproportionately affect the, the poorest populations around the world as well? Can you give us some specific examples of how these communities are at a greater risk due to um, this sort of pollution? Yes. Uh, so plastic pollution has a devastating impact on, like you said, these, these vulnerable areas of the world. And there's three main reasons. So the first one is exposure. They are, have much higher exposure to plastic pollution because often these communities are located near industrial areas or plastic processing sites, which means that a lot of plastic from those areas spreads out into the wider area around them where these communities are. Mm. Um, there's a lack of plastic management and waste management infrastructure to deal with the plastic that is produced or that arrives in these areas. And plastic uh, waste imports from around the world, often from the global north, also adds to their existing issue of plastic pollution in these regions as it's shipped into these areas. And then this has massive health impacts. So as the plastics break down, they release harmful chemicals and microplastics into the environment. Uh, this plastic pollution, it's a breeding ground for harmful bacteria and pests such as mosquitoes and flies which carry disease and have massive public health impacts. And burning of plastic to try to manage the waste issue releases toxic gases which obviously aren't what you want in the air around these communities. Hmm. And this also has a massive impact on the communities as well. So it contaminates the land, the water, this impacts the ability to produce safe food, to fish, to grow agriculture effectively, and impacts local livelihoods. If you, for example, in Sri Lanka, there's a massive spill of these plastic pellets. 20,000 fishermen weren't able to work as a result of it. Mm. This also has a big impact on tourism, which often is a key part of local economies in these areas. Now, with this single-use plastic, you spoke about how different um, people have, are affected. Um, single-use plastic has become a major environmental concern as well. How do these types of plastics contribute to plastic pollution as well? What are sort of the, the key challenges that they pose for the world's poorest regions? So uh, these cheap, these Single-use plastics are very cheap and they're widely used around the whole world. They're used in plastic bottles, plastic bags, uh, sachets. And the biggest problem, as the name suggests, is once they're used, they're thrown away. Um, many of them don't get recycled or can't be recycled. Mm. So what this means is once they're in the environment, they take an extremely long time to break down. And so this just results in a build-up and a build-up of this plastic over time and it's got nowhere to go it just keeps increasing into the problem and this has massive impact as we said on the human health and the health of these communities and it really undermines sustainable development efforts and reinforces cycles of poverty in these areas mm -hmm. um, 
what initiatives or, or strategies has FIDRA been involved in the uh, to address the plastic pollution and its impact on uh, impoverished communities? And uh, are there any successful collaborations with the local organizations or even governments that you can highlight? Yeah, so here in Scotland, one of the projects we worked on was in relation to uh, cotton buds. So they've been a massive source of plastic pollution and we've successfully managed to get regulation implemented, which means that they can't use plastic in stems of cotton buds anymore. Mm -hmm. On a more international stage, our project, uh, the Great Global Myrtle Hunt, we work internationally to provide support and resources and information to help communities around the world to raise awareness of the issue of plastic pellet pollution and they can use this to go to their local governments and also to international organizations and governing bodies to try to hold industry to account for mm. issues of uh, plastic pellet pollution. For example, one of the organizations we worked closely with are called the Pearl Protectors, and these guys are a fantastic NGO based in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And we've helped support them with information and resources over the last few years as they've been demanding their local governments address the issue of plastic pellet pollution and they've had success with that. They've, they're making good progress, and they're even going now to international levels to drive for some change in plastic pollution and plastic pollution issues. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, I mean, um, and you mentioned Sri Lanka a few times, um, <laughs> and, and, and also they also want, and your organization also wants this to be highlighted throughout the whole world as well. Um, why is it so? Is it because Sri Lanka actually came forward and, and wanted to uh, get rid of this uh, pollution? Yes. Yeah, so what happened uh, a couple of years ago now, there was a major spill of these uh, these plastic pellets, these nurdles, uh, the largest maritime spill that we know of. And it was in 2021 and it had devastating impacts on marine life, on communities, on these beaches around Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And it's now spread, it's, they're finding them all across the Indian Ocean. And they, it was really a moment when they, they felt it was a call to action. Mm. And as a result, they've been very, very active in trying to address this from this nurdle pollution issue and also the wider plastic pollution issue as a result of it. Hmm. We can perhaps learn from Sri Lanka as well and maybe other uh, countries who are uh, struggling with this, they should also come forward. Um, and lastly, um, how can individuals or communities and, and governments work together uh, to raise awareness about plastic pollutions, um, the impact on the world's poorest populations, and uh, what policy changes or regulations are necessary to mitigate the problem effectively? There's a few things that uh, we can all do. The first one is to take part in one of our nurdle hunts, uh, as part of our great global nurdle hunts, and also in lit audits as well. So this helps us and NGOs and other organizations collect data and information to show the level and the size of the plastic pollution issue. We can take that then to governments 
and use it to hold industry to account so that people can see the a more full picture of the scale of the problem. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, currently is Plastic Free July, so we can all take part in that. And by taking part, we can learn to reduce single plastic use and also learn how the world can reduce its use of plastic. Okay. Another one would be uh, for individuals contact local, any local charities who are looking at plastic pollution, wherever you may be, find out how you can take part and how you can help them. And importantly at the moment, uh, on a UN level, hmm. there's currently negotiations underway for a global plastics treaty, which aims to tackle plastic pollution on a global scale from the, for its whole life cycle. And so now is a very important time to push for action to address plastic, uh, plastic pollution as an issue across the whole world. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jamie, for for joining us and answering our questions and and giving your time. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. So this was uh, Jamie Clarkson, project officer at FEDRA, um, who has an MC, uh, MSc in environmental uh, policy and management with a background in research and development. I mean, uh, a very interesting um, you know, discussion in, mm. indeed with him, right? Um, I mean, uh, and plus uh, there are countries who actually want to struggle, you know, fight, uh, in fact, all the countries, they want to get rid of you know, plastic pollution. But uh, one of the good things about Sri Lanka is that they came forward, and uh, you know, they they started to do something on it. That's uh, the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. When 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 the nation comes together and starts to put put its foot down and say yes, now we're going to make a change, and now yeah. we're going to change our policies. Now we're going to actually try and combat this global issue because it's not just a problem which Sri Lanka is facing. It's a problem which you know, a lot of, uh, not just a lot of the countries, but the whole world is facing. Yeah. So if everyone does their bit, then we can make a change, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's no point of one country making a change and changing the policies and then 10 uh, countries, which are the neighboring countries, they say, no, we don't care about it. Then yeah. then all of their work is going to go down the drain, literally. Yeah. Definitely. So that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, it, you and, need the and, support. And the ocean is also very, very, uh, it's open. So even if you exactly. like to clear your surroundings, uh, let's say Sri Lanka surroundings, right, the pollution of the other countries, if they don't care, you know, that will, mm. uh, you know, end up coming to their coast as well, right? So yeah. it will all, you know, if all the countries do not work together, the issue will always remain. Mm. Um and yeah that's the thing that's, that's, that's the thing that's the thing everyone yeah. should work together in order to get rid of this this issue that's the that's the thing and uh, and that's how solutions can actually be made when yes. when everyone does come together mm. and uh, challenges these problems and actually thinks of solutions uh, on what, what what we can do it's the same that goes to it's the same thing which happens with if you know when we have this 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 discussion about uh, carbon emissions, and we were talking about that before as well, yeah. that there's different types of pollution. This is plastic pollution that we're, what we're talking about. But if we say carbon emissions and we say, let's, yes, let's get rid of all diesel cars, petrol cars, and let's go for, let's go for you know, electric cars and whatever, right? Yes, it is a good thing. Yes, that is a positive thing. But if, you know, if all of the, or if some of the, you know, the economically developed countries or Western countries, developed countries are actually doing this. But then on the other side, you have 30, 40, 50, 60 
less economically developed countries which are still running on petrol cars, which yeah. are still running on diesel cars. Mm. Well, you, know, you know, all of the work, you know, all of the things, all the good things that you're doing is going to go down the drain because they don't have the infrastructure as well. Exactly. So if we're if you're not working together to make, you know, for the common goal, if you're not working together and putting means in place or putting um, checks in place and making it possible for the other countries to do this, it's, you know, it, it puts us all into a difficult, uh, difficult position as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the... You know, there are better ways in order to, you know, uh, solve the problem. And, uh, for example, in, instead of using the car yeah. or making more cars, uh, why don't we, like, promote more cycling, right? Mm. Uh, in, in, instead of, like, every family member to have a car, uh, why don't you try to go uh, to work uh, by buy a cycle? Or, you know, small things that we, you know, groceries or going to the doctor or anything like that. Mm. Uh, you know, small distances, you can use the cycle. And instead of like every family member to have their own car, uh, you know, they could share one car, right? These are the solutions. Mm. I mean, one or two cars. If, if um, So there are better solutions as an even better solution. But even if, it, even if you want to make uh, electric cars, that will also, you know, have plastic in it. Yeah, right? I mean, we, also you know, we, we spoke about this, uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago as well, isn't it? That yeah. To actually make those um, those engines, right? The battery as well. Yeah. That, how much, you know, how much of a difficult task that is as well. Yes. Isn't it? The batteries. Uh, exactly. Um, so it's, it is, it is, uh, I mean, we don't have, we're not 100% there yet. Mm. I think we're still working towards that as well. But then again, the, the question still remains that, is it going to work if you know only a proportion or a fraction of people are doing it? Hmm. So you know, if if we come together and everyone does it, then yes, that will make a change. But if one nation is doing it, five nations around it yeah. are not doing it. Yeah. They don't even care about it. Yeah, they don't even have the means. Even if they do care about it, they hmm. don't even have the way you know a structure to put in to put in place for yeah. their particular country their particular state definitely it's, it's, it puts us all into a difficult position let's speak to our next guest Dan Webb founder and director of uh, of Everyday Plastic good afternoon to you and welcome to the show Dan hi thanks for having me on thank you thank you so much for joining us Everyday Plastic uh, has a has a strong focus on raising awareness uh, about the global plastic pollution crisis that you know that, that we're all facing now, how does plastic waste disproportionately affect marginalized communities? Um, and, and what are some of the challenges that they face uh, in dealing with this issue? In this, this issue? <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, like you say, the plastic pollution crisis is not just felt in this country, but it is a global crisis. Um, you know, at the moment, uh, you know, if we take this country, for example, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, mm. um, we are actually exporting um, a large amount of our plastic waste. Um, and that is being sent to countries with uh, lower income countries with poorer infrastructure um, than, than we we have. Um, you know, in fact, more of what we're putting into our recycling bin is actually being exported mm. than it is being recycled in this country, um, which I think is one of the <laughs> saddest things well, about this this whole issue. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're also incinerating a lot of of waste. You know, incineration is um, is, is immensely damaging. Um, 
because plastic, you know, the, the raw ingredient in plastic is uh, a fossil fuel. It's oil or gas. And we know that burning oil or gas is not good for the environment. It's, it's exacerbating climate change. And a lot of these incinerators are actually in communities uh, and neighbourhoods um, that are disadvantaged or lower income. So the impacts are being felt there as well. Um, mm. There's also uh, cheap, cheap plastic products. You know, if we look at, um, play, you know, the other side of the world and the, in the Southeast Asia and in some parts of Africa, um, plastic um, <clears throat> is being, uh, you know, say shampoo or shower gel is being sold in single-use plastic sachets because it's cheaper. Um, you know, you can buy, um, a, you know, one sachet for you know the equivalent. You know, of not very much. You know, it's a, it's affordable, but obviously these single-use sachets are creating immense amounts of waste. So mm. there's there's massive impacts on the um, on marginalised communities, not just in this country, but also around the world. Now, uh, plastic consumption has has become deeply ingrained uh, in our in our in our day-to-day lives, and sometimes it seems as if it's quite difficult to actually get rid of uh, plastic as well. Um, even reducing it, you know, can, can be quite difficult at times as well. But what are some of the practical steps that individuals, communities, states as well, especially those in low-income areas, uh, can actually take to reduce their plastic footprint and uh, contribute to a more sustainable future? But I, I know that is, it's, I mean, like you said, if we are exporting our recycled plastic to other countries as well, how can they get rid of it in the first place then? Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think the most important thing to say here is that you know people shouldn't feel guilty uh, for their for how much plastic they you know that passes through their homes and into their bins. <clears throat> plastic is 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 now a, a massive systemic issue. Um, you know, it's not something that people can control really within their own lives. You know, the choices that we have are just you know we we don't really have choices, do we? You know, when we go mm. to the supermarket or to the shops. We, you know, plastic is the default packaging material. Um, so I think, yeah, important to say that, you know, this is not an individual responsibility. The government and retailers really should be should be uh, being held accountable for for the situation that we're in. Um, mm. You know, plastic. I think, as you as you sort of insinuated, you know, it's become so deeply ingrained in our, our lives. You know, and only really within the last 50 to 60 years, you know, this is how quickly it's, um, you know, the, the sort of expansion and the evolution of plastic has happened. Um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't live without it now. Mm. Um, I suppose, you know, one thing, you know, I always say to people, you know, the easiest the easiest thing to do, no matter who you are, um, is to have a refillable water bottle. Uh, you know, you can buy refillable water bottles for, you know, three five pounds or you, you know mm. you can even use an old single-use water bottle um to refill and just you know if you if you buy one for five pounds for example you know you, you basically have to refill that five times before you've broken even and that any refill after that is you know you're saving money yeah um so i think that's the easy one to do and a lot of you know trying to buy loose fruit and veg where possible you know some some smaller Shops within communities have have more loose produce yeah. uh, available, um, or in, you know go to go to sort of street markets. 
they they often have loose produce so you know that's another you know quick and easy and you know ideally it's a cheaper tip too absolutely yeah, some good uh, you know tips which uh, individuals can can do as well. Could you could you share some some of the initiatives which Everyday Plastic is undertaking to address this uh, issue? Yeah, sure. So we um, you know we're only a small organisation. We're um, you know and we I think that's kind of good because we can be quite flexible and um, adapt quite easily to to what we're trying to do. So we so we're really focused on kind of evidence-based projects you know really and and trying to help people to understand the plastic problem we don't we don't look at um you know the impact of plastic in the sea or in rivers you know we really try and help people to like understand what they're holding in their hands at this moment in time is you know can tell a story um so i guess one of our biggest um initiatives or projects is uh, the big plastic count which we um, launched last year with uh, Greenpeace UK um, basically what the big plastic count invited people to do was to count how much plastic packaging waste they threw away in one week then they submit their uh, results into uh, like onto our website or through their phone and that then immediately generates their plastic footprint so that it would tell them you know how much they threw away that week uh, you know where it was used most uh, mm. you know food and drink packaging or toiletries and cleaning um, and it also tell them exactly what would happen to it so I said at the at the start you know that more plastic um, the, the more of the plastic that we put into our recycling box ends up overseas you know that's something that we determined mm. thanks to the big plastic count and I think it's really important to to make it uh, relatable to people people um, you know, the plastic problem, you know, is something that we are all, you know, mostly kind of aware of. Um, but it, it needs to be, it needs to, people need to be able to, you know, relate part of their lives to, to the wider problem. So it needs to resonate in that way. We wanted, we wanted to help people to apply their knowledge, you know, what they've, <clears throat> what they've acquired through taking part in the big plastic can. Um, and help them understand, you know, the impact within their own lives. You know, mm. breaking down the perceptions of uh, of of the plastic problem, and you know, recycling as a as a key solution. Yeah, and really to, to kind of empower and motivate them to try and, you know, um, do you know help spread the word within their community. So, you know, we had we had a big we had big participation last year, and we're actually doing this again in March 2024 so we'd, we'd love as many of your listeners to, to take part in that as, as possible too mm, Wonderful, I mean um, just by taking part they could learn a lot because most of us or uh, you know lots of people they don't know they, don't, they are not aware of mm. you know the harms of uh, the plastic pollution and like you said recycling one is one of the um, uh, things that we could do to solve the problem but with that I think uh, there's one more thing is we're littering because you can recycle something uh, but if, if people are littering then you know uh, the, the 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 problem really stays there and it goes with the nature it goes in the nature so instead of like mm. littering and, and, and making it dirty there are even some countries who are really strict to this um, they 
if you get caught with littering, I think you have to, uh, you know, give a fine of a few hundred euros mm-hmm. in Europe. I think I'm not yeah. sure which 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 countries, but there are uh, countries who are very very strict to this, and those countries are extremely clean as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, as an environmental charity and everyday plastic likely uh, collaborates with the various stakeholders to combat plastic pollution um how do you work with with governments uh, with businesses and local organizations to implement effective solutions um and advocate for policies that uh, protect uh, vulnerable communities Yeah so um yeah there's obviously you know with with the plastic problem there's there's a lot of stakeholders um you know from the prime minister right uh you know all the way to to us really you know you talk about you know talk about littering then um you know ev- everyone really has a has a part to play mm. um it just depends on what that what that role is um i mean it can be obviously very hard to cut through when you're trying to talk to government and business um you know both are quite uh, passionate about trying to save money and protect profits and that's not to say that everyone who works in government or works for retailers or businesses or you know big conglomerates is is all bad but again i think it's sort of just trying to say that you know this this is the the model that we've got you know the you know we with the the economy's very reliant on um trying to drive people to buy as much as possible um and you know a lot of that has you know the more you throw away the more you have to buy it again so mm. it kind of is supports that sort of supports that economy um we try and you know keep conversations and discussions open at all times you know i think it's yeah, if we if we look at supermarkets for example they you know they are a lot of waste you know they are the source of a lot of plastic waste but they're also you know they can play a massive role in in the solution and reducing and eliminating mm, plastic waste altogether um, and i think that's uh, that's obviously a really important thing to to, to focus on is is to try and keep uh, relationships uh, positive and and productive Mhm. Um you know every everyday plastic has a strong commitment to education and empowerment. Um can you tell us about uh, some inspiring stories or, or projects where you where your organization has uh, empowered in- individuals um even even communities in uh disadvantaged areas to take meaningful actions against uh, plastic uh, pollution? Yeah, I mean, it's um I, I think, you know, what we we try and work as, as, as on the ground as much as possible. Um I think if I talk about the big plastic count again, you know, that was that was um it it, it was an incredible campaign and, and we had a response to it which we which we actually didn't really anticipate. You know, we had almost 250,000 people take part um in in the first year um we we thought it, we you know if we could get to sort of 20,000 that would be a massive success so mm. it surpassed our expectations and i think um you know the the best thing about it was the fact that you know there is representation from all across the country if we talk about political constituencies every single constituency was was represented mm. um 
uh, in, through participation. So, you know, every single MP had had a stake um, in the big plastic count. Um, we worked with um, schools in 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 sort of disadvantaged areas to to make sure that you know that they had access to to our materials, that they had access to actually speak to MPs. You know, we we held an event at Parliament where we took. Um, you know, uh, a few schools to to meet MPs. You know, there's some you know higher profile MPs there, like uh, there was Theresa May, Ed Miliband, uh, Zara Sultana. Um, you know, some really you know it was really important for actually the kids from these areas to 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 speak to the MPs, but also more importantly for the MPs to hear from the kids um, about what they'd done as part of the big plastic count and what. And what these, you know, kids wanted to achieve, you know, the, you know kids can be quite uh, frank yeah. and uh, and br- brutal in some br- in some uh, cases. Yeah, yeah. bold as well sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So um, so it was really it was a really amazing um, opportunity, and, and I think yeah, like just to, to to say again, you know, we're doing this next year, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's it, it's it's an opportunity for everyone to to have their say. Um, you know, we're really pushing government and retailers to to be taking action and you know by drumming up and raising awareness and and getting i suppose stimulating the demand amongst um communities and from the public that's that's really i think what our role is within this within this um by tackling this issue and then it's over to politicians and decision makers in business to 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 act upon that Hmm. Um, let's hope that uh, you know our politicians, the, the decision makers, they take the right decisions um, and at the, at the uh, and, and hopefully make a change to this issue of plastic pollution. Uh, thank you very much um, for, for for joining us and answering our questions. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. So that was um, Dan Webb, who is a uh, the, the founder and the director of Everyday Plastic. Mm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we talk about um, individuals doing their bit as well. I mean, mm. in different Euro country, European countries, I know Germany, you know, if you buy a plastic bottle, you can give it back to them when it's empty. Yeah. And you can get some so, some money back as well. Y- you get a really good uh, yeah. money back, actually. Yeah, money back as well, isn't it? For, yeah. for, for giving them the, the plastic because yeah. then they can recycle. And yeah. I think that's a really, really good initiative. And and many people actually do it. Yeah. I, I, as far as I know, many people, right? They yeah. actually they don't throw it away. Yeah, they keep it. They, they in, keep in, it in a plastic bag, and then yeah. they take uh, it when they go to the sh- uh, shopping uh, next sh- time. Yeah, they just go and then they give it to them, isn't uh, it? And, and get the money back. I mean, it's, it's such a wonderful, yeah. <laughs> you know, strategy to not to uh, misplace it somewhere or just throw it throw in, it in, in, a in bin the general or, yeah. general waste, right? Uh, this way, you're actually assuring that people are actually going to bring back the plastic mm. and that could be recycled and a wonderful thing <laughs> it's a wonderful thing and you know yeah. <laughs> it's interesting as well but we we're very we, we always do things or we, we we do things more with more attention when we know we're going to get money out of it or we're going to save money yeah so if we so for for example 15 20 years ago right yeah. if you go into a supermarket and you did your shopping you can get as many plastic bags as you wanted yeah and they were for free. Hmm. And literally, sometimes you just put two or three things in a plastic bag and then, you know, 
and uh, and then you fill up you fill up like five, six, seven, eight bags, mm. and then you have like minimal amount of shopping in those bags, yeah. and then you just take it to your to your car or whatever. But now because you have to pay for those plastic bags, right? People don't even buy that many. People don't. People would much rather carry their things to the car. Yeah, and if exactly. They, if they literally have to buy a plastic bag, yeah. then they do. Or now they have the durable bags, right? So yeah. you can put a lot of things, the sturdy bags. So you can put a lot of things yeah. in that bag, and you can carry that as well. I, I mean, I remember how it's, you know, how it actually has increased. I remember yeah. Yeah. when those bags were two penny. I remember when it increased to five, yeah. and then ten, hmm. and then fifteen. And nowadays, you buy those bags from Asda, for example, for thirty pence, and and other places as well. You know, yeah. pretty much the same price. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to get rid of them, isn't and it? I, because I them. remember, yeah, what the and and there was a time when you could get those bags for free as well. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So exactly. So obviously, when you know that you know you can save money, then you don't sort of you don't spend yeah. that money as well it's the same thing when it comes to uh, if we're talking about um, plastic bottle waste right yeah. so if we're just giving it back if we finish if we finish with the plastic bottle if we give it back hmm. for them to recycle or use it again whatever then we can get some money back yeah. then obviously we would do that so I, I mean no one would actually give it and bring it back if they don't get anything from it honestly that's the thing Honestly. Exactly, that's the thing. And if they and would say yeah. that, uh, you know what? You it's, have to oh, it's a waste it. of time. What, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. But because we know that, or they know that they're going to get money yeah. back from it. So it's a win-win for them. It's a win-win, it's a win-win. for them. So that's the thing. That's the thing. When different countries are, have these initiatives hmm. in place, then the whole sort of the population over there in that particular place, so the, so the Germans now, yeah. they do this. This is a common practice in Germany. I mean, it's just one thing. I... I don't understand, right? right? If I, for example, see a country doing a good thing, yeah, and I don't know why it couldn't be implemented in other in countries. countries. For exactly. example, the UK, if they yeah. see that you know the neighboring country, Germany, is doing that, mm. why can't we implement that into our? And and it's not difficult. So it's a, it's one of the richest countries, mm. and you know, uh, making those machines or buying those machines, for example, where you you, you put the bottles, they mm. they can see either if it's a um, a, a plastic or not and then you get the money back from that as well hmm. it's it's not difficult I mean if the UK or any other country uh, wanted to have those machines where you could uh, you know recycle and then give money to the people people you know it could be implemented and could be implemented yeah it's, exactly. there are so many things that I actually uh, you know for example um, one of the countries that I am really inspired of is um, is uh, uh, one of the Asian countries. I, I I just can't remember the name of it. It's it's an island, and they expanded their land hmm. uh, by you know sand and other sort of things. Hmm. And it, it used to be a third world country, but one of the richest countries now. Right. Um, in the Middle East, or not in the Middle East. It's in okay. South Asia. Um, right. Well, so. Um, if it comes back to you, <laughs> if it comes back to you, but that's really but, interesting. So that th- that country, for example, what it does is it basically collects all the the waste of the country. Hmm. Then what they do is they they burn it somehow, hmm. and they make it a soil of it. Okay, right? They make it usable again. So uh, wait, are you talking about 
they use they use the rubbish the waste or they use the plastic material they they, they use the rubbish of it mm-hmm. so I, I don't think so the waste that so i think people the plastic the is then yeah. you know separated yeah. and the general waste that they have yeah. they they bring it and uh, um oh singapore is the country that i was talking singapore, about right. yeah so and they basically all the waste and they make it as you know they 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 basically um burn it make it and convert it into soil and then they even have an island mm. which is you know when you step on the island and when you go and and, and visit the island it's so beautiful because it's a, it's it's like a garden mm. right and no one would know that this is actually waste right. the whole land <laughs> right it's made literally from waste from waste right yeah. and of course uh, like you said plastic is definitely you know separated from it because you can't really mm. um melt yeah. it and and make it make it uh can't you know, decompose it, isn't it? you can't yeah. decompose it yeah. yeah but that's you know that's really interesting as well that's i mean that's that's the thing isn't it when when you can put different measures into place to hmm. actually tackle this issue hmm. um like you said you know if one country is doing something positive then why can't why can't what, what's the hindrance isn't it what's what's, what's stopping what's stopping from other countries doing it when they know they can yeah. put these things in place as well isn't it yeah definitely are you talking about uh, how some countries are very clean right germany is also one of those countries which yeah. are very very clean but um asian countries such as japan right so eastern eastern asian uh, country so there you don't even see that many bins yes. and uh, you don't even see that many bins uh on the street right but people do not litter they literally don't litter they don't throw anything on the floor if yeah. they have if they're eating a sandwich or if they have a can yeah. that they drank from or whatever hmm. they don't they wouldn't just dash it they wouldn't just throw it away they yeah. would sort of keep it keep it in their bags their pockets hmm. or they would just keep holding on to it and then when they do find a bin or when they get home or whatever and uh, then they dispose of it then they throw it into the bin as well so even though they don't have that many dust bins right Yeah. they still don't litter and it's very very clean i mean uh, the, f- the the interesting fact of uh, japanese people is that not just littering but their streets are so clean mm. that their draining system right it, they have flowing water mm. and there is there is literally fish in the drains yeah wow. right and that's, and how, that's, that's how clean they are. it's it's and it's clear water yeah and you know those um I can't remember the name of the fishes but they they're colorful. They're like purple, not purple, sorry, red, yellowish, right, white. You know, it's a mix of and they they they're they're like 20 or 30 uh, 30 centimeters big. Usually, right. you know, you have those in in the uh, in the ponds in the, in, po- in the ponds uh, yeah. you, you put them in the pond. So those kind of fishes are basically just uh you know, swimming in those um Uh, you know drains right <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> i mean imagine how yeah. because if it was polluted if it was dirty <laughs> no no yeah, uh, insect or, or, or animal or fish could you exactly. know, swim in it especially if pl- if plastic was there as well isn't it yeah definitely. plastic waste so you know that's uh, that's what it is isn't it that's the, what it is the, and and one more thing is um like you said they're very clean hmm. they also have like habits of you know whenever they go to their work or their like schools that what they teach is like just before the class starts they clean the whole classroom and they'll mm. start with the class and then at the end as well they will clean it and similarly yeah. 
you've seen it in uh, the World Cup as well when they went to Qatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the stadiums, they, they used to clean. They used to clean up. They, they used to clean up, and they, they, used to they clean were up. cleaning up. You know, other people's other people's uh, rubbish as well. R- rubbish as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's good. It's very good, isn't it? It's I mean, a, it's a good act of of charity as well. Um, yeah, that we're, that we're going to be speaking about mm-hmm. um, in just a bit as well. But it's also a positive sort of uh, thing to do. A positive characteristic that that yeah. that, that they have, isn't it? I mean, uh, in my opinion. They and and His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masrud Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, yes. the current Caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. He also said that, you know, they are practically true Muslims. Mm. The only thing is that um, they might not have any faith, or they they not mm. they don't they don't believe in one they God. They believe in God, yeah. But their actions are accordance to Islam. I mean, they have yeah. so many good habits. Good habits. Yeah. And one of it is cleanliness, and Islam also says half of our faith is it's cle- it's cleanliness. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and that's and that's so true. That's so true, and these are some things that us as individuals we can look at that and mm-hmm. we can take heed. We can take benefit from from these things as well. And then when individuals come together, then a whole society can yeah. come together and uh, and and do this as well, give back yeah. to the world. Um, and you know the Holy Quran tells us that you know we have been placed on this earth as custodians, mm-hmm. so we have a sort of a right that we need to give back to the to the world as well. Yeah. God Almighty has given us this duty to fulfill the rights of God and also to fulfill the rights of mankind. Mm-hmm. And you know, giving um, you know reducing as much waste as possible uh, to keep ourselves clean our houses clean the streets clean the whole nation clean that is also part of our faith as well um that as it sort of you know comes to it comes to the conclusion of uh, this part of the show so hopefully you've uh, you've enjoyed it join us as we will go into our next topic which is about charity after the news Allah. Allah. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the second hour of our Drive Time show. Um, As promised in the previous hour, we said that we will be discussing, uh, we will be talking about an important topic, Mm. which is uh, the topic of uh, charity. Right. And especially... Um, you know, highlighting the the importance of it and and giving um, to the poor. Uh, we will also be um, you know highlighting or or giving references what Islam says because um, you know the Voice of Islam basically is a radio station that you know uh, gives the information or, or it, it it tells you. Uh, and it's our task to uh, tell the world what Islam says about small things. For example, in the previous hour, we spoke about the topic of pollution and what Islam says about it. And in this this hour, we will be discussing about charity and why it is important um, in Islam and why is why it is important overall for for humanity. Mm. Um, 
uh, get in contact with us. Um, if you have any questions, you can feel free to call us at 020-86-877-878. That is 020-86-877-878. And you can also um, visit our website, which is voiceofislam.co.uk or tweet us at voiceofislam.uk. So... Our focus today is on the profound teaching of Islam, especially regarding the importance uh, of charity, the importance of, of giving. And throughout our discussion, uh, we will delve into this topic. Um, we'll also explore uh, the significance of uh, charity uh, and, and the rewards that brings with it um, and the impact it has on the indi- individual societies because this is the only thing or giving charity um, that will allow the society to grow as in the imbalances in the community where where we have extreme poor or extreme rich that you know that will be um, that will go away or, or people who are in poverty mm. they will not be in pov- uh, you know in poverty anymore when when we start giving in uh, you know, giving charity. Um, let us begin by re- reflecting on the enlightening teachings of the Islam, and especially um, uh, with a verse of the Holy Quran. In chapter 2, verse 262, God Almighty says in the Holy Quran that the st- similitude of those who spend their wealth for the cause of Allah is like the similitude of a grain of corn which grows seven ears. Mm. In each ear, a hundred grains, and Allah multiplies it further for whomever He pleases, and Allah is bountiful and all-knowing. And this basically, this verse um, provides a beautiful analogy uh, to illustrate the rewards of spending wealth in the way of Allah. You know, Allah explains that, um, that in, uh, when when you spend in the 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 way of Allah or your own wealth in the cause of Allah, and in the cause of Allah doesn't mean um, you know, that you do it for a religious cause mm. or, or to, to build a, a, a mosque or to build a synagogue or to build a um, or give it to you know the people who are involved in no it's it's basically giving in Allah Allah's way is basically giving to the creation of Allah right. those who are in need basically um, and in, in this in, in this verse it explains that just as a single seed produces a plant with multiple spikes, each spike bearing numerous grains, and right. Allah multiplies the reward for those who spend their wealth in His cause. Mm. Uh, and it emphasizes that Allah is all-knowing, the all encompa- uh, and, and, and all-encompassing, and fully aware of the the sincere efforts. Um, and and also He is fully aware of our intentions behind. You know the act of of us us giving in in the way of Allah. You know, this is very very uh, important as well because the reason why you do something is what Allah looks at, isn't it? Yeah. There's a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that he doesn't look at your appearance. Mm. He doesn't look how how beautiful you are, or mm. how handsome you are. Or how tall you are, and you know what what color eyes you have, or what color skin do you have mm. uh, as well, or your clothes or whatever. But he looks at your heart. Mm. He looks at what's inside you. Mm. If you are doing things um, for the better betterment of mankind, 
then he will see that and he will look at your intentions, he will look at your deeds and say, you know, this person is actually genuinely yeah. wanting to serve mankind, wanting yeah. to make a difference. Mm-hmm. He is donating or she is donating, mm-hmm. you know, in proportion to what that person has um, and they are making an active progress in trying to make the world a, a better place. Definitely. But you do see sometimes that people are doing things, f- you know, to, to win people's praise. And that is, you know, that is where this sort of act of showing off comes into place as well. Mm. Now, this is, as I said, this is very important because, you know, one of the famous, one of the most famous, one of the famous hadiths or sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is that deeds are judged by motives. Hmm. And in Sahih Bukhari, which is one of the most authentic book of the compilation of the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, mm-hmm. the very first saying is that deeds are judged by motives. Yeah. And if your motives, if your intentions are pure, um, even if they don't plan out the way that the, that you intended them to, but you still have that uh, that goodness in your heart and you, you still have that inside you that, you know, I want to make a difference and I'm doing this not for not for praise, not to get money, not to do this for myself, but I'm doing it for that other person. Hmm. Then Allah the Almighty will definitely, you know, reward you as well. You know, there's a you know, there's a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that there was a there was a year in which you know hundreds and thousands of people performed the the pilgrimage, yep. performed the Hajj, mm-hmm. and none of the none nobody's Hajj that year got accepted. No one's mm. hundreds and thousands of people went to perform the pilgrimage. Yeah, none of not even one person's Hajj got accepted. Yeah, but there was one person who saved up money to go to Hajj mm-hmm. to perform the pilgrimage, but he couldn't. Mm. Right, so. Instead of that, instead of you know going to Hajj, he actually sent someone else. Um, you know, he sent the money because he he compiled, you know, he collected that amount of money, saved that amount amount of money, and he sent that to someone else mm-hmm. for an act of charity, right? Yep. And because of his act of charity, his Hajj got accepted, even though mm-hmm. he didn't actually physically go to Mecca yeah. and perform the Hajj physically, but his Hajj that year, he was the only person whose Hajj. His pilgrimage got accepted, even though he didn't go there. Wow! So this this goes to show that our intentions is exactly what matters. Mm-hmm. And some people may say that, okay, fine, I would just have a good intention of giving to charity, but you know, God knows my intention, but I, I just won't do it. I would still get the reward because my intentions are pure. But <laughs> your intentions are not fully pure, then, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> because you're still not doing what you wanted to do you're not yeah. fulfilling your actions it's i i think it's it's when you do something right yeah. out of compassion of your fellow human beings yeah without um expecting any reward exactly right? when exactly. you do that then i think that's that's the time when god knows that you're actually doing it out yeah. of compassion out of love yeah and that is when god almighty you know accepts your your good deed exactly and he gave a really beautiful mm. example of hajj right so which is yeah. also a, a pillar of islam mm. um the, the pilgrimage to kaaba where people go and you know and pray uh, and and do um you know um, things that different acts of holy, worship yeah. different acts of worship that the holy prophet himself did and uh, and and 
the way you said that, you know, thousands of people, their, you know, Hajj was not accepted, but only mm. for that person who, you know, and uh, uh, he gathered the money. Mm. He wanted to go to Hajj, yeah. but he gave it to someone who was, someone. who was really in need. He was extremely poor, mm. and God accepted his Hajj, mm. right? That shows that, you know, um, it if even if you can't go, but you're serving, and and you do something else mm. to make it up. To please God Almighty, yeah. God willing, God yeah. knows best. He will, will accept, accept exactly. your intention of going to Hajj. Um, one of the thing I wanted to ask you mm. recently was, uh, you know, just watching watching some discussions is, um, well, we are religious. We know what uh, God Almighty has told us through the the Quran. Um, and uh, the, the the Holy Prophet has taught us his his life, and mm. we know it from from the hadith as well. Um, what about those people who don't have any faith, mm. uh, but they are in charitable works and they sincerely do it because they really really care about uh, you know the 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 people who are have who have less. Mm. What about those people? Will they, you know, will, will they be? accepted by God Almighty, will their actions be accepted? Because yeah. what did the Promised Messiah say? Because mm. I have something in my mind, you might have some something mm. else in your mind as well. No, it's, it's the same thing which you know, Allah the Almighty says that anyone yeah. who does any sort of good thing, yeah. even if it's a even if it's the grain of a small mustard seed, yeah. right, that will not go to waste. Yep. So there's no difference in you know if somebody is a believer or if somebody is a disbeliever um uh, you know in, in terms of what they did in this world yeah. right but they will definitely get their reward definitely but when it comes to because because of the reason why they you know why they do things or why they don't do things that is where Allah the Almighty will come in to play as well because obviously we are people of faith people of religion especially as muslims right we we do good works because God Almighty has told us to do these mm-hmm. good things and we want to do these good things um, for the benefit of uh, of the wider society as well yeah but then we also know that you know if we do a good act right God Almighty will be pleased with us mm-hmm. so we also you know have this in our minds that Allah the Almighty is watching over us he's watching our deeds he's watching what you know what we are thinking as mm-hmm. well so we are also doing it for him in a way yeah but also, like you said earlier on, that when we start doing things without even wanting any sort of reward, yeah. that is when Allah the Almighty gives you even much so. Yeah. And that's where He blesses you even much so. Right. So that is the difference between a believer and a non believer as well. Yeah. Because obviously a believer will you know, will have it in their mind that Allah the Almighty has told me to do this good deed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this good deed, um, because my duty to do it. Yeah. And Allah the Almighty will, you know, will, will will reward me as well. Yeah. But obviously a non believer does not have this. Mm. So in the hereafter, obviously the believer will have a higher rank as well than yeah. the non believer. But in terms of reward, Allah the Almighty can give um the non believers rewards as well. It's yeah. not as if it is only punishment for them, don't no, that's mm. not that's not the case. If somebody does a good act of worship yeah. or if somebody does it, you know, good charitable Donation, or he does something—a good deed, right? Which is for the benefit of mankind. Mm-hmm. 
that person can actually have a better reward than a believer yeah. who doesn't do anything at all. Yeah. So, you know, that's where that's where it comes in. Yeah, I mean, it it, it just reminds me of a a an incident that happened in in the past and right. uh basically the promised messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, mm. may Allah be pleased with him. Uh, in uh, in one of his sayings, and and um, and you can find it in um, Malfuzat, his compilations of his yeah. of his speeches. He mentioned about good deeds and how God Almighty, you mm. know, rewards you of the good deeds you sincerely do it yeah. for the creation of God Almighty. Yeah. yeah, and and he was explaining that a person. Uh, who was a fire worshipper, right? Um, so, pretty much a fire worshipper doesn't believe in the rewards of God, right? Yeah. So he just does, you know, believes in something, right? Because maybe their forefathers were believing the same thing, but th- this person was pure, mm. uh, extremely pure, so much so pure-hearted, that, yeah. pure-hearted, right? Yeah. And um, so he was basically giving, you know, seeds to. Um, uh, some birds. Some birds, yeah. Right, you probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have heard of this uh, story. So he was giving uh, seeds to the birds, and a arrogant Muslim came and he said, um, um, "I mean, why are you even giving seeds to the birds? You don't even believe in the reward of this, hmm. right? And God won't reward you anyways because you don't even believe in Him." Yeah. And he said, "Don't worry, I will be rewarded of my actions." Hmm. Although he didn't believe in being rewarded, right? Hmm. Right. Uh, but he did it sincerely, for the sake of humanity, of f- of of love. Because hmm. he, you know, he said, you know, these birds they couldn't uh, come out because of the rain. And yeah. There was a continuous rain that was happening. Yeah. So they were extremely hungry. So I thought, uh, I'll, I'll come something. out and give yeah. give some seeds to them so they could eat. Yeah. And the same person who confronted him and said that, you know, God will not reward him. Mm. Uh, you know, you, s- you just mentioned about Hajj, right? <laughs> so this this person, the, 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 the Muslim person, he was performing Hajj and he sees the same person, the same person. Pers- performing Hajj as well. Yeah. And they met again mm. in Mecca at, at the occasion of Hajj or at the occasion of the pilgrimage. Yeah. And the, the person says, did God Almighty accept my prayers or accept my good deeds or yeah, not? Literally, <laughs> and they were shocked. Yeah. They mostly were shocked, and I, I believe that his Hajj was definitely, mm. you know, accepted because mm. his actions were accepted. You know, that made him, you know, accept Islam as well because Islam is all about, you know, like you like you said, the the rights of. God Almighty, in order to fulfill that, mm. the first thing you have to do is fulfill the rights of His creation. Exactly. That starts from every single thing we have. You know, in the previous hour we spoke about pollution. So not you know, you know, wasting our land or a world, and God has made us stewards on it. So we take care of it. So in, you know, first of, first of all taking care of the, the the world that God Almighty has given to us, the beautiful world, and the, the animals, the insects, and the, 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 the people who live in it. So it's such a um, beautiful lesson we it, can learn. It is. It is a beautiful lesson. And this actually, you know, reminds me of, uh, of, of you know, an incident yeah. of, a, of a companion of the, of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Now, 
there was a companion who who came um you know before the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him and he, and he asked him he said to him that you know oh messenger oh messenger of allah oh messenger of god that you know what about now that we are muslims and you you know you have told us what to do what are the good things what are the bad things um as well and we you know we we do the good things and we stay away from the bad things that's fine but what about the you know the charity that i gave at the time of ignorance mm-hmm. what about you know before you made your claim yeah. before the advent of islam we didn't know what was right what was wrong hmm. and you know obviously not everyone was doing bad things obviously people were doing good things as well and what about those things which i did when i was you know a non believer and uh, the charity that i gave in those days so the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he is a similar incident to what what you narrated as well he said that because of those you know he asked that the companion the companion asked that you know what would those deeds be rewarded or not so the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him said that because of those things that you did when you were a non believer because of the good things that you did then allah the almighty blessed you then rewarded you and now that look at you you're a muslim yeah so it's the same thing that you have accepted islam because of your good nature mm. because of your pious nature and because you did things for for you know for the betterment of uh, of mankind mm-hmm. and because of all of that allah the almighty rewarded you um and now you know you know now you're a companion now you're not just a muslim but you're a companion of the holy prophet mm. peace and blessings of allah be upon him so Yes, definitely. People who, even if they are non-believers, they will definitely get rewarded. Yeah, definitely. Um, but obviously, it it is all about the the uh, conditions, and it's all about the intentions. Yeah, uh, as well, isn't it? And this is something which um, which we have been speaking about in previous shows as well. That when you do something for the betterment of mankind, and when you do something. Um, to actually make the world a better place Allah Almighty will reward you even that even the verse that you mentioned that if somebody gives you know something to ch- something to charity yeah um or does a charitable act Allah Almighty can bless that multiplies it, multi- it multiplies hundreds, it hundreds hundreds of and, times hundreds yeah. of times and so yeah and that is something which you know which which all of us are which all of us are actually witness Definitely. uh to to that as well a lot yeah. of people even narrate that you know they gave certain amount of money to to charity within a few days or even sometimes within the same day Allah the Almighty from some place that they wouldn't even know they wouldn't even think about they blessed with the same amount sometimes even more than that yeah. sometimes even much more than that mm-hmm. that amount that they gave as well to charity so it's a, it is all about it is all about the intentions which uh, you know which which one has yeah i mean um I'm going to quote another verse of the Holy Quran as well mm. and and uh, the the this this verse is a very interesting verse where God Almighty in chapter 2 says that those who spend their wealth by night and day secretly and openly have their reward with their Lord on them shall come no fear nor shall they grieve mm. so basically in this this verse Allah highlights the merits of those who spend their wealth in his way yeah um, and and there are people who spend it um secretly or someone who does it publicly as well but both of it you know both ways 
they will be rewarded because if you do it secretly you don't want to be arrogant and you don't want to show how much you're spending but mm. still you're benefiting uh god's creatures and you know uh the people who are in need but if you do it publicly you're basically you know given an example to others that you also should you know give charity for example uh, in the previous hour we were discussing that uh, sri lanka actually started to uh, fight the issue of pollution and and um, similarly with charity if more and more people start giving charity those people who were not involved in charity they will maybe get influenced yeah. and exactly yeah that's what it is isn't it and this is this is what god almighty is basically emphasizing and and, and saying in this verse so whatever uh you know situation publicly or privately you will be rewarded by god almighty and 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 god almighty also explains in this verse that you should not fear of any loss or harm hmm. this is why because personally i think anyone who gives for the sake of you know helping others um they will never have a loss yeah god almighty will multiply it god almighty will reward them because he's sincerely or she's sincerely doing it for the sake of you know pleasing god almighty yeah. or even pleasing you know his creation because if someone doesn't believe in a god but believes in humanity believes in 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 uh, you know being humane and 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 ha- believes in love of the the fellow creations yeah. then they will give it out right and god says that doesn't matter how much you're spending um you know spend it in the day at night uh, spend it uh, you know privately publicly god will never make it less you will never be you know in, in a, loss in, in a loss yeah in loss exactly. uh, you will he will you know multiply it because you're actually doing it for the sake of um you know your compassion your love and you're doing it sincerely right mm. so another beautiful verse um you know and and the reason why we quote the holy quran is i i would you know um i would say that those people who do you know who just want to learn about about other faiths and especially islam because islam is highlighted as the the most dangerous religion the most mm. uh, uh the religion that promotes uh terror, violence, terror violence and all that does yeah. it, is it actually yeah th- that yeah. so that's why we're quoting the the holy quran so you yourself can go and and read it would it make sense to you or not anyone who has his pure and is actually looking for the right path or, or the 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 way of true living in this world in a peaceful way they will find peace and tranquility in the holy quran and i was literally i was i was watching a video and it 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 came two or three times into the feed you know sometimes when you watch something for a very long time it comes yeah. more yeah, often yeah, yeah. so this this person was basically i believe he was a christian or a non-muslim basically and mm-hmm. he was in the plane and um he and, and the plane just landed and everyone was going and there was a muslim guy sitting next to him and uh, the muslim guy left mm. and this guy then called him that he said you're forgetting your book here mm. and uh, the muslim guy said um um you can have it 
and it was the Holy Quran. Mm. So this guy, of course, you know, was a reader. He liked to, you know, like to read. So he um, basically read the Holy Quran. He said that he got so much in love with the Holy Quran that mm. he reads it day and night, right. so in the morning and in the evening. Mm. And he has made a routine of reading it every single time. And he's probably read it many times now. Mm. And he says that I find so much peace. And he has converted to, you know, Islam, Islam now. Yeah. But this is how God Almighty guides people who have, you know, who are looking for the right path. That's yeah, exactly. That's I mean, that's that's very beautiful. That's yeah. very beautiful, and this is the ongoing charity as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, that we can actually all um, emulate as well. Talking about the Holy Quran, um, we'll, we'll play a small audio clip which will tell us a little introduction, just for the benefit of our, of our listeners as well, an introduction. To the to the Holy Quran as well. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim In recent years, the Holy Quran has been increasingly portrayed in a negative manner. We would like to present an introduction to the true message and spirit of the Holy Quran. The Quran is the very word of God Almighty a complete record of the exact words revealed by God through the angel Gabriel to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. The Qur'an is in every detail the same unique and miraculous text that was revealed to Muhammad, peace be upon him. The Qur'an is the principal source of every Muslim's faith and practice. It deals with all subjects that concern us as human beings, including wisdom, doctrine, worship, and law. But its basic theme is the relationship between God and His creation. We will now be speaking with two distinguished Islamic scholars, Mr. Mirza Muhammad Afzal and Mr. Ataul Wahid, who will be presenting their responses to some of the issues raised by the Western media. In a nutshell, Holy Quran is the Word of God. It is the literal revelation of the Word of God. When we say that, what we mean is that it is not just the inspiration. And then Prophet Muhammad came up with his own words and his own sentences. All these words literally was revealed to him by angel Gabriel or Gabriel and he would hear it and then he will dictate it to his companions write it down so that is what we when we say this is the word of God it means it is a literal word of God each letter each word of God, uh, Quran is was revealed to Prophet Muhammad when we say that the Holy Quran is the word of God I think that confuses a lot of people because in Western countries the uh, there's mention of the Bible being the inspired word of God and the Quran is different because the Quran is the revealed Word of God. It's the message received from Allah to the Holy Prophet that he conveyed to his companions. They either wrote it down or memorized it as it was conveyed over a period of 23 years. So there's a distinct difference there when we talk about the Holy Quran being the Word of God. It is God's Word, the revealed Word of God. More than one billion Muslims around the world recite the verses of the Holy Quran in the five daily prayers prescribed by Islam. Further to this, thousands of Muslims have committed the Holy Qur'an to memory in its entirety. This makes the Holy Qur'an the most recited and the most memorized book in the world. You know, Qur'an is the only book in the world which, is, uh, which has the, the honor to be memorized. And this was one way to preserve it, because whenever it was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, he would memorize it. And remember, 
he was not given like the whole chapter at the same time. He would give like few words at a time, maybe one verse at a time or two verses at a time. And then he will memorize it. Then he has about seven companions around him who will right away memorize it and write them down. And then keeping that tradition Islam, at this time there are thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslims who has memorized complete Quran in, 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 their, in their brain. The Holy Quran does not claim any sort of monopoly over the truth, nor does it claim that it is the only book that God has ever revealed to mankind. Rather, the Quran claims to be a continuation of the chain of revelation. It's a religion for the rest of time for all of mankind. Not saying the previous religions were wrong, or incorrect, or false. Because the Quran says that Moses was a true prophet of God, and Abraham, and Adam, and you know, Joshua, and Noah, and Lot, etc. mentions them in detail and has nothing but praise for them. Nothing but praise for G Jesus. And it also says Christianity was true in its time, but their times have passed. And when, when that process was finished, God sent the Quran and Islam, not as a replacement religion, but simply a step forward in the evolution of religion. So you can say that you know Judaism came for a certain period for certain people in a certain geographical area, Islam has come for all of mankind for the rest of time. You know, Quran does not claim the monopoly over the truth. Quran is a book which is the continuation of the previous uh, uh, or on the pattern of previous scriptures. And uh, all it says that it is complete, it has more to offer, and it says that it contains all those previous teachings which were revealed to different prophets. So in, the, in that respect, it is a beautiful bouquet which contains flowers from different faiths and the flavor of different faiths in the Holy Quran. So that's why when we, we speak of the Holy Quran, we say it's a complete book. And that's what we mean. It, it carries the teaching of all of the scriptures, sometime in its spirit, sometime in its letter, and give the credit to those uh, previous scriptures as well. The Quran is a book of science. It contains marvelous scientific facts. The Quran is also full of prophecies foretelling technological and scientific advances, many of which have already been fulfilled. Quran being the word of God and science being the act, they both has to go hand in hand. Because if God, what God speaks is proven by science, then that means that the Quran offers you more than just do's and don'ts. So when Quran talks of science, it really carries you to the next level of your life. And this is how Quran proves it to you that this is the word of God. Quran speaks of, uh, you know, this new technology. And in, in, in this age, we have a technology of fingerprinting, you have a technology to do DNA, you have a, so many other, and Quran speaks of it. Quran says there will be a time when people's skin will speak. And now the, your skin speaks. Your fingerprinting is what you know, speak, and that's what Quran speaks of. Quran says there will be a time when the, all these beasts and animals will be brought together at one place. Look at your zoos. Quran says there will be a time when there will be more printing done. Press. And in those days there was no press. Despite the portrayal of the Quran by the Western media, the Quran in no place advocates terrorism. We need to tell people what Quran is all about. We need to tell people what the Holy Prophet's life is like. Because Quran was lived by the Holy Prophet himself. If Quran teaches terrorism, there must be incident in his life which will prove that this is what really Quran is all about. In a nutshell, I can say all the verses in the Holy Quran 
where you find in retaliation, where you find to ambush the enemy, where you find to kill the criminals. It is all under a specific circumstances and that is if there is a war which is imposed on you and you have to defend yourself, then these are the rules and regulations. You know, if, if an enemy attacks you, you're not going to sit back and let him just kill you. You need to defend yourself. In the course of defense, how far should you go? This is what Quran speaks of. And Prophet Muhammad living in Mecca for 10 years, he never retaliated. But when he migrated to Medina, when the war was imposed on him, that's where Quran gave him the permission. Now you can go defend yourself. Even then he said, don't kill a clergyman. Don't destroy a, a place of worship. Don't kill women. Don't kill children. Don't cut trees. Don't attack at night. All these beautiful things Islam said. In summary, the Holy Quran is the living and direct word of God, free of any interpolation or corruption. It provides mankind with guiding principles and laws pertaining to every area and aspect of human interaction and existence. It is unfortunate that this majestic book, which presents the perfect path to attaining peace and harmony in the world, has been misunderstood by so many to be the source of so much discord. In reality, it is only by following the true spirit and letter of the Quran that mankind can ever hope to attain peace. For this to occur, however, mankind must accept the promised reformer and messiah as foretold by the holy prophet, peace be upon him. Hadrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, on whom be peace, was that promised reformer, and he was commissioned by God Almighty to present the true interpretation of the Holy Quran. For more information on the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam, please visit www.alislam.org. So that was a brief uh, introduction to you know to to the Holy Quran, which we which we just listened to as well. And this is why we 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 act upon it. Or we you know the different injunctions in the Holy Quran, which we act upon, try our best to act upon as well. One of those injunctions, one of those commandments, is actually to fulfill the rights of mankind in the way of giving charity, in the way of donation, and uh, you know serving serving humankind, serving mankind, and doing our bit uh, for for their betterment, yeah. for our betterment mm. uh, as well. And, and when we do that, um, if we fulfill the rights of others, if we look at other people's rights, not demanding our own rights, and this is what a lot of people do. A lot of people are very quick to demand their rights. Oh, this is my right. I, I have the right to do this. I have the right to do that. And this. But we don't look at other people's rights. If we start looking at other people's rights, then your rights will automatically be fulfilled as well. Yeah, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 just it's just the amount. It's just about not being so self-centered. Do not you know not being so full up or so you know uh, full of yourself that you forget about other people. Hmm. And it, it's the same. It's the same arguments which we say about freedom of speech, right? If we say if we talk about freedom of speech. Anyone can say, oh, I have the right to say this. I have the right to express my opinion, this and that. I can say anything at whatever time or mm -hmm. whatever. But obviously, you know, that is not the case. Yeah, You can't just go around insulting people's parents. You can't just go around assaulting people's, um, you know, you know, uh, a religious leader. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you can't say any, absolutely anything you want to at any time, right? You can't yeah. do that. Obviously, there has to be, there are laws in place as well. Hmm. And there has to be laws in place. In the same way, you know, we, we need to start 
looking at other people's and fulfilling their rights. Mm. Uh, and then once we do that, then the whole world would be a better place because if everyone is looking out for each other, then you know, then you would be also looked after as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is also the, the, something that could uh, build bridges. Exactly. You see, I mean, instead um, of yeah, instead of walls, yeah, instead of you know walls, instead of uh, breaking the bridges or burning the bridges. Yeah. The thing is, when you, for example, even communities or, or you know faiths, different faiths, when they start taking care of each other as well, you'll see there won't be any, and this is, there won't be any conflicts anymore between the faiths or mm. between nations. You can mm. say. Yeah. Um. And and this is what God Almighty wants, right? He wants a united mankind that you know has the same uh, values, the same beliefs, the same uh, you know type of things, and that is basically humanity. Um, and 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 uh, you see, so when you said that when we start looking at people who have less or who have who are in need, and we we start taking care of them instead of like. Uh, you know, instead of uh, rid- ridiculing someone or mm. hurting someone's sentiments, yeah. right? What will happen is the same. You will you will get the same effect as well back. So exactly, if you take care of someone, they will also take care of you, and there will be there will be a global peace in the world. Now, um, if 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 you look at um, what Islam teaches us about charity. Um, you know, we've highlighted uh, God's words in the Holy Quran. Let's look at what the the Prophet of Allah, Prophet of God Almighty, has said. Peace be upon him, That's about uh, a person who gives charity. Hmm. He says that the believer's shade on the day of resurrection will be his charity. Hmm. So the the thing that will protect him, or give him protection on the day of resurrection. Um, so could be a believer, and and in God Almighty says a believer, right? So someone eventually who um, you know does good deeds for the sake of the mankind, eventually God leads them to the right path. That person, his shortcomings will be, you know, will not look be looked at, hmm. and God Almighty would say that he was a. A, a very good person on earth and he was someone who was a charitable person yeah. so he didn't care about his wealth or gaining wealth he gave it to the people who are in need and that will actually eventually uh, help someone uh, in the hereafter another hadith another saying of the holy prophet uh, we see that the holy prophet has said that the upper hand is better than the lower hand and the upper hand is the one that gives and the lower hand is the one that receives hmm. um, you know this is to the point I mean there's nothing um, difficult about this hadith um, someone who is who gives is always better than someone who who takes hmm. right and uh, you know connecting this saying of the Holy Prophet there is also another hadith where God Almighty says that whenever someone is asking for something could be a beggar hmm. uh, give them something Right, but don't be a beggar yourself, yeah. because he himself said that um, you know someone who f- works, right? In one hadith, we find that even if uh, Allah in Allah's um, eyes, 
someone who goes to the wood, goes to the jungle, mm. cuts wood, and brings it back, sells it, is a better human than someone who you know begs. Just goes out on the street and starts begging. Yeah. Starts begging, right? So, mm. you know, Holy Prophet Sallallahu Holy Prophet peace and blessings be upon him, has explained us that we should be the ones who give, mm. and exactly. we can only give. If we, you know, if we have work, something, if to we give. have something to give, isn't <laughs> exactly, it? Exactly. Exactly. And 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 uh, and and the the uh, and this is actually from the book of zakat, and zakat is one of the pillars of Islam, mm. and that basically teaches us zakat is basically that money that a rich person has who is able to save up after one year. So mm. basically, let's say you have three thousand or four thousand, which is the ratio of zakat. Mm. Approximately, yeah, roughly, approximately, yeah, and you are able, and, and that's idle. That's that's there. That's in there. your savings or whatever. Or you haven't used that. Yeah. You haven't used that, so mm. you didn't need to use it. Mm. From that, you spend. You have to sp- spend two point five percent. Yeah, and that goes to the people who are in need. Yeah. So you can only do that if you work and if you if you do you know if you do something if you mm. if you work hard. But if you're someone who doesn't like to work or doesn't try to go and seek for for, for or a job yeah. then for those people it will be difficult to give yeah. um they they will have to ask but then you know there will there will be circumstances where y- uh, there is no way at all you can't work um but then the family members they should be there to support them right so you know this this is also the teaching of the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah upon him he said uh, you know someone who um he he had a beautiful uh garden and he came to the holy prophet and he said and when the holy prophet you know emphasized on the the importance of charity yeah he said oh oh god uh, oh uh, a message of allah i want to give this in the sake of 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 your, of the faith of allah right and he said um you don't have to give it your charity would be for those people who are in need in your family hmm. so he knew the holy prophet knew that there are people who are in need in who are family, more yeah. um eligible f- of this wealth than in the islam hmm. and uh, right yeah. islam means you know for the sake of for the sake of for, the for, whole, yeah for 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 the religion or so this is what the holy prophet taught us that look you know you have to look around and those people who are immediate family members or your neighbors or the people who are around you or those people who you know you should start giving to them first you know there's a similar saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he said that you know if you if you give charity yeah right that is you're going to get um rewarded uh, for that anyway because you have given charity yeah but if you give charity to a family relative mm-hmm. then you get double the reward yeah one because you're giving charity and you know giving charity is very is a very uh, commendable uh, good deed but you're going to get a double reward because you're taking care of your family members as well yeah so you know taking care of your family members your close relatives is very very much promoted in the in the teachings of uh, of Islam as well yeah and this you know when we talk about giving charity as well even we find that the the, the second caliph has it uh, has it umar has umar bin khattab uh, may allah be pleased with him when during his caliphate when he was the khalifa when yeah. he was the caliph he used to go around in the streets at night time yeah 
he used to look in search for the, for those people who are maybe out on the street maybe they they might be homeless they might be hungry they might not even have that much to give you know to 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 give to their family members to to have for themselves yeah so he used to go out there and search for these people and he used to provide for those people as well he used to give them money if they needed money he used to give them bread or dates or food or blankets or whatever milk or water whatever they needed just to fulfill their their needs as well and this was you know this was a, a leader of the whole islamic empire at that he time he was a leader of the empire for yeah. many co- you know many um, countries yeah. together he was an empire and he did this and he did it yeah like and then he followed the verses of the holy mm. quran that give charity um you know showingly and in secretly as well exactly and this exactly. secretly exactly. he he followed it that he went two people he went out and looked at you know uh, w- w- the people who are in need and he used to give it himself yeah well that actually you know comes, comes to the end of the, the end of our of our show today and uh, thank you zakaria for you know joining myself as well in fact i joined you uh, today as well yes. <laughs> thank you for that and to all of our guests who took time out the producers and the researchers assalamu alaikum